0: Hello, my name is Kevin Shields, and welcome to the Crack Trio Podcast, Episode Nineteen. <coughs> it's uh, it's been a very, very long time. It's probably been over a month, um, because I've just been too fucking knackered to do this. Um, well, I don't know. Like, I, see, when I when I get home from work, I'm pretty fucking tired, so I'm like, I right, I'll watch something or I'll play something. I don't really have the mindset to be like or I'm gonna sit down and rant for a fucking hour or more, probably more. Because my last episode was probably the rantiest episode I've done. Uh, and I don't even think I scratched the surface. But I'm not going to go on all about it again. I, I think my opinion on that has been nearly exhausted. Unless uh, it becomes a, a proper topic of an episode with a guest. Which I've been teasing guests since January. It's actually hard to believe I've actually been doing this for what fucking seven months now. Uh, or more. Well, technically... Well, nearly, nearly more than seven months, yeah. It's kind of fucked up. But it's... Um, obviously, my output has dropped off significantly. Uh, I was hoping to have more. My my initial plan with this was to try to do it weekly, but it, it might not work that way. It That's just the way life is. But no, I know I have slacked off in the last while, but, jeez, uh, a lot has happened uh, in terms of movies. I don't quite have as much <coughs> access to... Irritating movie information that I once did, um, which would then fuel these rants because uh, nearly a month ago now, probably, or at least it feels like that long, uh, I deleted Facebook because I realized it's really shit. And when you fucking, I tell you what, I'd recommend anyone do this go and get Facebook to send you all your data because they allow you to do that, which is kind of a nice feature so that if I'm ever nostalgic for it, I can look back and see all my comments, all my posts, all my likes all my messages between people so it's it's uh it's pretty fucking handy in that sense but when you see just how much information you willingly give (laughs) facebook it's pretty fucking nuts but uh just like i said when i talk about my time after work i'm a night owl anyway so i'm up late but i always feel like i don't have a lot of time when i get off work and i realize it's because i'm investing most of my time looking at stupid shit on fucking facebook and consuming myself with that so i got rid of all social media except instagram uh I did however make a dummy Facebook account just so I could keep Crack running because I have been writing fucking tons of reviews. Um they've all been going directly onto the, the letterbox. So I actually need to just sit down one night. This bank holiday weekend might be a fucking handy one, but <coughs> um need to just sit down, upload all the posters for all the reviews so people who only hear about me through Facebook will be able to actually catch up and hear these things but um I do miss not being able to be in a lot of the movie groups. Because there was a lot of good stuff there. Recommendations. A good place to share reviews around and whatnot. But to be honest. Uh, I'd recommend everyone get rid of Facebook. You don't really need it. You feel like you do. But you don't fucking need it. Um, But the most important. Well two important things. In terms of physical media. The amount that I have bought. Over the last two months. Is staggering. I've talked about some of the box sets and stuff I got. But I've bought near probably surpassing. 150 movies so that includes box sets of goddard that i got have five movies a brunel box set that has i think six movies melville box set that has five movies uh francis truffaut or francois truffaut box set with eight movies in it i got obviously the 4k stuff i got uh, or maybe i talked about blade run 249 already but got that and 2001 space odyssey i got a shitload of the premium collection i have probably as much eureka blu-rays as i do arrow at this stage the amount that i bought well maybe just a little less mostly because i bought how many i think 27 arrow movies in their sale so i had 19 arrive one week and i had uh was it seven seven or eight arrived last week. actually no i no, it was 26 i got so seven arrived last week um and kind of disappointing one actually i got that the split second from 101 films they originally released it a few years ago but they've done a new 4k transfer or a company in america called mvd it's a rare case where two studios have actually teamed up so mvd usually do these kind of big digibot or digibook versions or media book sorry versions of stuff and they did one for a split second they remastered it from a 4k negative or sorry from a i think it was a 35 mil print that they remastered in 4k they didn't really polish it up though. Uh, I prefer when, when they remaster them. They kind of get rid of scratches and all. And I know people will always argue. It's, like, oh, yeah, it's all part of the Grindhouse experience. It's like, If I'm seeing it in a fucking cinema. Absolutely. But if I want to watch it at home. I want a pristine, savage looking. As good as it should have been. Version of the movie. So I was a bit disappointed with that. But. One on one films. Got to handle all of the extras. There's a whole second Blu-ray. Full of interviews and documentaries. And all kinds of shit. Which is really cool. Um. And nice artwork too, but the problem is the movie, which I only watched about four or five years ago, doesn't hold up. I don't know what it was that when I watched it a few years ago, I was just all over. Rucker Howard fucking chewing the scenery, spewing one-liners. I remember it being way gorier. I remember it being a lot of fun and great effects. But to be honest, most of the dialogue's terrible. His sidekick is shitting it. Uh, most of his one-liners aren't actually that good. The monster creatures in it are or creature you only see him scarcely which is pretty smart but it's not even that great the gore's not great i don't know what it was it just it, i really got to see all the the issues this time it's not a terrible film but it's one i probably wouldn't visit again so i'm kind of disappointed that i splashed out the special edition but uh it's still nice on the shelf but I, i'll probably pass it on to someone who might appreciate it more but on top of that obviously i got my screen factory stuff arrived so i have dar the dead arrived now and candy man and uh, did i get three screen factories i feel like i did I'm trying to think now. I, I'm actually almost certain I did. I got Todd the Dead. I got Candyman. Oh yeah, a Holocaust. That wasn't Screen Factory, but it was from WoW HD. So finally getting the American stuff in now. But the most important, and I mean most important thing, I finally put aside the money, saved a few weeks, and I got my fucking 55-inch Dolby Vision HDR10+. Plus. Ultra fucking HD 4K OLED TV. At last. I've had it now for a few weeks. And fucking hell. I said this before. Even when I was just looking at reviews and shit online. I said this before. I will never go back. The difference is just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Stuff looks even better than I expected. I knew some stuff. I knew black and white stuff looked deadly. But I'm still trying to, still trying to iron out a few kinks in terms of what works and what doesn't because Dolby Vision works on the Blu-ray player with every movie I put in and every movie looks unbelievable but I kind of went back and forth because I watched the 12 Angry Men Criterion I had Dolby Vision on and it looks so deep and rich and amazing but when you turn it the other way it kind of looks like how I would have remembered it on a normal tv so I'm wondering like I'd love I'd like to do a proper comparison and even delve deeper into the, the intricacies of Dolby Vision because I, I do know a lot about it from just researching these tvs but to see would i be better off with the other version because they both look deadly don't get me wrong but the division is just i much prefer the look of it but i just hope it's not fucking with the integrity of what it's supposed to look like um but oh man life-changing absolutely life-changing just everything looks better than it's ever fucking looked and i honestly can't go back and now as well i've i've signed up again for uh 4K Netflix because there's no point me having it on the old TV because it just looks shit. So when I have that properly in 4K, and I was watching Kingdom, uh, I finished Kingdom, which is a show I started fucking ages ago. Uh, oh no, did I? No, I didn't actually. It was supposed to start ages ago to start of this lockdown, but uh, the lot I watched it, but we finally got to watch it there recently, and it's fucking, it's unbelievably good. I absolutely love it, and it, it seems like there's gonna be another one coming, and I'm I'm all for it. Because one thing that's important, and this is an issue with a lot of zombie related stuff, is it doesn't take itself too seriously, and I think that's a problem, because when you look at the original *Down the Dead*, while there's blatant satirical elements to consumerism and just Americans' general stupidity, this is like it's still quite a serious, grim movie. Whereas a lot of zombies stuff that comes out now is either *Walking Dead*, where they're like, we actually don't uh, have anything going on that's interesting, so we're just going to drag out boring conversations, have a muted brown color palette. And then have one decent kill every three episodes to convince people that it might actually be worth watching. Um, either that or it's zombies where it's it's funny. They have to... Cool one-liners. They have to have really silly kills. Or they're like, oh, pick up a fucking banana and it stabs through a zombie's head like it's a fucking knife through butter. And, like, I just hate all that shit. Kingdom Note, it has the whole feudal Korea atmosphere. But it has really genuine... Like the people are actually scared of these zombies. Now there's funny bits in it. Purely because I think Korea is really good. At surprising the audience with comedy. That's one thing about The Wailing. The Wailing as a whole. Is a terrifying edge of the sea thriller. Um, But there are moments that you're, you burst out laughing. Because there's such real human funny things that happen. And of course the same thing happens in this. Where in Kingdom some funny stuff will happen. But it feels real. It doesn't feel like it's like oh they're writing jokes. It feels like this is a funny way someone will react to this and it's a real way someone will react to this. It's, it's played so serious and it's just fucking great. Um, but that was the only thing so far with the Dolby Vision Netflix that I've watched. Um, or I think it's Dolby Vision. It might just be HDR with that. Uh, the option's always there. But obviously now Amazon Prime I can watch things properly. I watched all the boys uh, with the shit Dolby Vision or was it with the shit HDR but it didn't really affect it because it's, it's a nice looking show anyway. It's kind of hard to fuck up um and now i have disney plus so i have a whole access to a whole library there Um i had a quick look through it it's, i don't like the layout of it it's not very well laid out and i think or am i mixing that up with no tv it's still like it's still not very well laid out but it, it does have a lot of good stuff on there uh i just really have to sift through it because it is a lot of it is family stuff uh, i know they have like avengers stuff that's a bit more accessible for everyone but I'm kind of trying to find a lot of the best stuff. I still think they need to do a Touchstone uh, expansion pack kind of thing for an extra treat or something to get all the adults doing these stuff. Because um, I think that would be really cool. Especially because they own Fox now, so they could have that whole library there. Like They could they could do a fucking lot with this if they really wanted it. Uh, and I also got now TV. Um, or I'm hogging it, I should say. But I have access to some movies. Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't really be using the movies too often, because if I want movies, I'll get them elsewhere. But... TV-wise, fucking hell, they just have all the HBO shit that's so fucking hard to find. It's almost lucky HBO Go isn't over here, because otherwise none of that shit would be available. But they have Empire Falls. Well, like actually, sorry, some of this is Showtime as well. It's, it's the Sky Atlantic channel on it. has all those channels, so HBO and AMC and things like that. All those shows will then appear on here. So you have Empire Falls, which I'm to need watch. It's a two-part miniseries, which i probably include as a film, because I can do whatever I like. Um They have Angels in America, which I've been meaning to watch for fucking years. Uh, Six Feet Under have been meaning to watch that forever. Oz, I have just been holding off on for so fucking long. Just All these shows, they also have Succession, which I don't know if I've had had a chance to talk about this in the show. Because I I don't think I started it at this point. I started Succession and I finished it very quickly because it is one of the most well-written shows I've watched in years. And I mean that even though Better Call Saul was obviously out this year and that is the best written show on TV without question. Uh, Obviously that started years ago but Succession I started in 2018 and both years I fucking remember this. I don't know why this I should have really paid more attention but I remember that one the best ensemble cast and it was up against Better Call Saul. And I was like what the fuck is it like Better Call Saul is so good I've never even heard of this fucking show although I do like Brian Cox. It's like what the fuck how's this show winning. And eventually, one of the lads just started getting me to watch it. Then my brother watched it and said, you have to watch it. I said, all right, I'm going to fucking give this a go. And holy shit, it is just, it's interesting the people who are behind it. Because you have Adam McKay, who, uh, he obviously he made The Other Guys and he made Anchorman. But then he went on to do probably the most jargon-heavy fucking movies about politics and business that I've ever seen. But he makes it really palatable and easy to understand. Um and entertaining like he's, he's actually coined a bit of a style for himself now so he's got the big short which again people saw as a comedy but really it's a fairly serious drama with some funny moments in it but that whole movie is just laden with stuff i do not understand and they actually almost take the piss out of that by having fucking margot robbie literally just break it down while she's sitting in a hot tub just like here's margot robbie in a hot tub to explain this and i just they just give you the easiest explanation of it and i think he, he's done well to coin that style it's not it's not like something where it's you're just forced to understand how business works and watch it be like i don't really understand this but i have the basic idea of how the plots coming together kind of like some korean movies like we were watching the yellow sea and there's this really specific korean sort of uh it looks like scrabble sort of or dominoes kind of game i don't understand it at all but in the movie all you need to do like if you actually extend a korean version there's lots of intricacies with that and you're like i don't know what the fuck this is all about but the theatrical cut that they released over here, they're like, let's just chop this down so you know that this person has won this game of this game and that person has lost. And that's that's all you needed. Uh, but the big short doesn't require you to know these things. It just goes, here's a really interesting story we're going to tell in a fun way. And same with Vice. Vice was really kind of tongue-in-cheek and fun the whole way through and had a very similar atmosphere. So you had Adam McKay, uh, who directed the first episode, I think, uh, and Will Farrell producing. Uh, so the two of them were together. And it's also... I'm not going to remember this guy's fucking name. Justin something, I think it is. Um, Justin... No, Jesse. That's it. Jesse... Jesse Armstrong. That's the fucker. He, uh, he created Peepshow and he's behind... He had involvement in In The Loop. I don't know if he had anything to do with the take of it. Um, But he also was behind Four Lions as well with Chris Morris. So he has his hand in a lot of stuff, but he's very, very good at getting projects where it's unexpected, it's very realistic, but it's very funny. You can there's a lot of improvisation in this, but it's very acidic, and that's what I love about it. Every character is actually a piece of shit in the show. The whole cast, everyone. But they have enough likability in each of them that you want to watch them. Like, There's moments where they're very honest and very normal, and I think that's what makes it work when they're being such fucking pricks to each other like some of the shit they say and do is just so cunty but so fucking good and i think it makes for a lot better kind of drama because it is a drama show but it like i said very very fucking funny but that show it's the best show i've watched in a while and i was gutted to have fucking finished it so quick and the third season hasn't been shot yet because of all this covid bullshit so hopefully they can fucking get that out there and i'm always worried like this sounds bad though (laughs) But it's true. Like if I ever see like a show or a movie, I like to have someone pretty old in it, like Brian Cox, who's he's he's in his seventies, I think now at least. Um, I hate to think that he won't fucking make it to do the next season because I'd love for him to be around for several years and make several seasons of this because it's that fucking good. But then again, you never know. Some of these people live to fucking ninety or whatever or more. Um, but I'm trying to think. Yeah, I have some bad news from yesterday. Because I'm recording this on Saturday. I think it was yesterday I heard this. But uh, poor Al Alan Parker. Who fucking made some fantastic fucking movies. uh, Died yesterday. There's been a few. John Saxon as well. Over the last month. Of uh, actors and directors. Who have made some brilliant shit. and Who unfortunately have fucking passed away now. So I was actually only talking to my brother there recently. And we were thinking we'll make a list of. All the kind of important actors that we've enjoyed who unfortunately died this year and maybe do an episode at the end of the year talking about it. So, uh, hopefully I'll be able to have him on sooner because, like I said, just trying to get all these fucking guests, or I think I mentioned guests earlier. I've I've gone off on about five tangents at this point. Um, But what's it called? I do plan on doing an episode with Joe from the Lazy Dads, even though he's a cunt, but uh, he'll enjoy listening back to that. Um, But we plan on just talking about something because he hasn't been able to do Lady Dads for a while now, so want to get back in the podcast game. I just need a fucking a setup. I'm actually considering chip, not chipping him but buying a laptop, just so I can do these on the move. And I think it'd be a lot better because if I have a chance to meet other like minded people that I'd like to have as guests, because I know, like I know a lot of actors and comedians. My friend Al Warren, um, who has his own podcast now, The Impression or The Impressionable Era with Al Foreign. Uh, we're planning on doing one soon. I know he kind of does his through Skype or not Skype or Zoom or whatever fucking service is available but uh, as good as that would be I'd I'd prefer to do a proper and personal I think you get a better you get a better conversation out of it and you're kind of not wondering when to jump in because like I said I I had a blast doing um, uh, Hello oh no god I'm forgetting the name of the podcast now Raiders of the Podcast (laughs) because the group that it was most most featured in was a group on Facebook called Hello to Jason Isaacs which I'd recommend joining because they uh, they post a lot of good stuff good conversations come out of there it doesn't just seem like the kind of place where people are like I saw this it was shit like it feels like people will go here's what I saw here's what I enjoyed and let's talk about it and there's always a good conversation building somewhere on there um, but when I did Raiders of the Podcast I loved doing it it was great to talk to the lads and I'm happy to do it again but I always, I'm always, i always really aware of myself because I'm always like if someone's about to interject and I'm just cutting them off Like at least if I'm talking to people in person it's a, a good bit easier to to gauge what way the conversation is going um so obviously i I plan on having alan uh i know like i said more actors producers and stuff i want to talk to i think we get some really good conversations out of it it's just i picked the best and worst time to do this because i've this is a time where i think people would enjoy getting to listen to podcasts and things like that but it's not quite the same that i can have guests on and actually do it the way i was hoping to do but we'll get there anyway um the fuck else is i gonna say now I, I i have a million things in my head i want to talk about as always was i going on about zombies i oh, know i already went on about that fucking hell um but yeah th- things have changed now in regards to watching movies here i almost want to rewatch fucking everything that i've watched the last few years and just see them properly on that tv because I, I i tested a lot of stuff out i tested out my 4ks uh while i was tweaking it because i mean if, if you don't calibrate your tv you're, get, you're getting gypped, really. You're you're not really... You don't fucking spend the money wisely. It'd be like fucking buying a... Five-in-one oven fucking thing that cooks all sorts of... Like, and a whole thing of breakfast. But you go, I just use it to fry eggs. And I just use everything else to cook everything else. It's like, well, what's the point of having this amazing thing that will do everything for you... If you're only going to use it, a bit of it? And that's what it's like with an uncalibrated TV. Because you're going to get it and you're going to have a massive widescreen. It's going to look class, but it's like your colors aren't going to be right you're you're going to have all these stupid fucking all that uh noise reduction and fucking the clear motion that stuff is just revolting i do use it for games though purely because i've not got the ps4 pro i half regret not fucking picking that up when i when i could have but i just play games that would play 30 frames a second on that and i just turn on that clear motion it gives the illusion of 60 frames it's not quite right but it, it actually does the trick for games but movies with that is just horrid horrid i think i actually said this on the very first episode or at least around the start that i saw a bit of mad max fury road with that on and it made all the stunts that were done for real look fake and if that's not a fucking slap of the face to the fucking movie i don't know what is um but yeah no i think i was gonna have it actually yeah, it was now tv i was shitting on about uh i'll tell you what though jesus christ this 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 fits in with what I was talking about there last week about these warnings that people are gonna start throwing on shit, because with fucking with when they got rid of Gone with the Wind, they put it back up and saying oh it contains racially said It was like okay yeah like I think I think a warning is the best compromise, but I still don't agree with it. I think I think you're really just talking to people like they're fucking idiots by doing that by going this has bold words in it you might not like. It's like no like. It's a movie from the 30s and here's the plot of it. I know what the fuck to expect. And if you don't, you need to fucking study history a bit better. The The issue with this is, I was going through, um, what's it called, Now TV. And I don't remember what it was. It was some show that I know involved slavery. And another show that I think involved uh, rape or sexism or something. But it had warnings that were just like, this would contain outdated uh, mindsets and whatever the fuck but i'm actually i'm gonna pull this up because i put it on instagram because i was so disgusted with it um just going through the movies a lot of good selection there they've had astro which i meaning to watch again but i kind of want to wait and get that 4k because zavi brought out a 4k steelbook of it and it has the best artwork but really a movie is fucking amazing looking as that is is getting fucked out of it with fucking dreary artwork um let's see if i can find this fucking thing now yeah i open it up and I see the Goonies. And the Goonies, which I think had a 15th cert now as well, which is even stupider. It says, This film has been or this film has outdated attitudes, language, and culture cultural depictions that may cause offence today. What the fuck are they talking about? What could they fucking be talking about in that movie that's offensive today? Like I I, I was racking my brain trying to figure it out. It's probably because you have a techie Asian character, which they which has now become a stereotype in movies. Uh, and you have Chunk in it, who gets called fat. And they're probably looking at that as, oh, this is racist and fat shaming. Like, would you get the fuck out of my face? They're kids. This is how kids fucking talk to each other and behave. Like, it, it embarrasses me that people would actually would heed advice like that and put these fucking mornings out for movies that don't deserve it. No movies fucking deserve it. This is, this is another benefit of physical media. On the back of the box it says it's rated eighteens, so here's why. And there you go. And even then, like, I don't like... I don't like when it fucking... Uh, gives you too much in the morning. The search should do the fucking trick. If the movie says 12s, expect that people under the age of 12 might not understand what these things are. And maybe just fucking educate your fucking family instead. Of fucking... Altering artwork and using it as an excuse to feel superior—you're wrong, and you're a cunt, and everything about you is shit. That's just the way it is. Um, but yeah, the one thing I don't like about when you have a cert that kind of tells you a bit too much, particularly if you're watching a series. Now Netflix has, uh, has started doing this, where at the top of the screen it might have an example of what's in it. So, let's say it may contain bloody violence or whatever, and that's fine. If you're watching a zombie thing; you expect something like that. But if you watch, particularly a show, say you're watching a series and there's a character in it that might be a little unhinged. And then at the top of the screen it'll say this episode may contain suicide scenes. You're like, okay, there's a good chance that could be that character now. That has now been room for me. And I don't know what could happen next. It's like, okay, I understand that suicide is a touchy subject for a lot of people. No surprise there. But like, even if it just had references to it in the in the in the general menu, it shouldn't go episode to episode because that could spoil things if it just said this program in general contains these kind of references and this kind of stuff then fine but otherwise you're, you're gonna fucking spoil stuff for people um and it would take the impact away as well if you're gonna be watching it going oh he's gonna do it and then <laughs> it's not gonna it's not gonna be the same gut punch as it should be um but i feel like i go on fucking forever about certs and ratings and things like that which i think I will because i know uh, it annoys joe from lazy dad so here's some stuff about certs um i'm not sure where i stand on the new certs for movies in the uk because they've changed the symbol um they, they've made it color coded like you'd see in the cinemas the cinemas have their own color code certificates over here in particular and now they're trying to do the same thing but the, the actual font this is the most nitpicky shit in the world by the way but i don't give bollocks because uh i want my when i buy movies i want them to look their fucking best uh packaging and film wise but with this, the kind of the font they use for it looks like it was just done in fucking paint or something. I don't know. It was something bad. It just kind of cheapens the look of the movie. I just think go back to the old-fashioned fucking eighties certificates where you just know what you were fucking getting immediately just from how they looked. And nowadays, it's just anything can be slapped with a certain. It's always wrong. And but I won't go any further. Um, I'm trying to think now because I've seen I've seen obviously a lot in the last while uh, over the last mo- couple of months. Or at least since the last episode I've done this. So I've gotten through series. I've gotten through uh, a lot of movies. And I want to get back playing some games again. I haven't played games in a while. And I'd say I think the new PlayStation games are out this month. Um, PS Plus was kind of wasted on me this year. I mean obviously I got a lot of the free games. Which I'm happy to have. I think I got Hitman. Well, that could have been last time. I'm not sure. But I I don't really play games online that much. So it's kind of. I'm pretty much just paying to have those extra games each year. Which is again as I said a nice thing. Um Although I feel like I did miss some at the start of the year because I I got it a bit late. Um, Was that the year before? No, I think it was this year. I don't know. I'm a bit all over the fucking place. Um, Actually, I just remembered something I heard mentioned on the radio recently. Again, this could be just somewhere in America. And like I said, I don't care what happens over there. So, sense whatever the fuck you want, just leave my shit intact. Um, But there was talk of having to kill a mockingbird removed from school curriculums because of racial or i'm gonna you can't hear me but i'm air quoting at the microphone in case you can hear that uh in it's like the whole point of that thing is to show these fucking issues and to show injustices and it's like for fuck's sake like how do you not understand just because something is about something doesn't mean it's bad you fucking dick like th- this is what really fucking just pisses me off And it's like when people get upset and they say, oh, he told racist jokes. Or he told sexist jokes. It's like, what's that second word you keep saying there? Ah, yes, jokes. That's the whole fucking point of it. That it's not real. It's not something people think. If someone's out there saying racist and sexist shit and really meaning it, fuck them to death. No one gives a shit who they are. They deserve to be fucking strung up. But telling jokes about anything. Like, you should be allowed to tell jokes about anything. That's all I'm saying. But in this particular thing is like you can have a movie that shows extreme like, Look at the 12 years of slave that movie shows in gut-wrenching detail just the worst most disgusting offensive horrendous racist shit ever but what that does is it's not only highlights history but it like you can't call that film racist because of its content and i think people should learn about it that's the kind of movie that as rough and difficult as it is should be 12s because, I mean, like, look at Michael Collins. Michael Collins was 12s over here. We're, we're quite lenient on Irish movies anyway. But that movie is full of really brutal killings and horrendous stuff, but it's important to history. So you should see the 12, even though it's scarring. It's like, you're not thrown on 12 years a slave to fucking eat some popcorn and enjoy yourself. Like, these movies aren't, they aren't the subject matter. They're the story. The story's the important thing. And if the story is about racial injustice, then people should see it and then they get an understanding of it. Don't just call them to be racist because, oh, the words might uh, upset and trigger people and blah blah. No. Bullshit. People need to hear these things. They need to see this stuff and understand what went on in the fucking world. To hide that from them, to save their ears from a few bold words, is bananas. And if you agree with it, you actually should be committed to an asylum and bummed to death when you get in there for being such a fucking moron. But as I said, I'm not going on rant mode again this time because I expelled all that on fucking the last episode when I did a whopping 49 minutes of um, whinging and complaining. And it seemed to be positively reacted to because, I mean, it was positive for me. I fucking felt like I had a load off me after doing that. But um, I'm going to check something because, like I said, I, I do have... Because like, when I'm on Facebook... I I'm, Oh yeah, sorry. When I was saying when I got rid of Facebook and got rid of Twitter and all that kind of shit. Because they're vacuous cesspools of vomit and puke and shit. Uh, vomit and puke are the same. But I'm, I'm talking more bile here. Um, they're, They did have a lot of information as to what's coming out. So I do find a lot of this stuff out on Instagram. So I'm still there. And I still have the Crack Trail page there. Which again, I haven't updated in yonks. But... That's how I keep up with the likes of Dawn of the Discs. And I follow 88 Films. Arrow. Criterion. Um, Indicator. I follow all these different groups on there. Even some really nice Aussie looking. Uh, Blu-ray companies. So I kind of know what's coming out. And they're actually. I just saw an as yesterday. There's a I well, I don't remember the name of this place. Let me check. Um, it's a place called Kaleidoscope Entertainment. Who are now seemingly bringing out a huge box set i just have it in front of me here of the complete ice spit on your grave collection now it claims that it's uncut the original one the uncut one has been just permanently centered in the uk i think it's still banned over here technically i mean you could buy this box there or any country or whatever but like I think it's still banned. And it's still cut. Because I mean. The movie's just laden with rape and fucking murder. But. For whatever reason. They've. Uh, they've now said they're bringing out a massive box. of lovely artwork and everything. Uh, but it includes. The original 78 version. They have the 2010 remake. Which was also butchered over here. And the, the sequel to that. Which was terrible. And I think also butchered here. And the third one. Which I hadn't seen. And I heard is the best. Of the new bunch. And. Uh, but I don't think that was even bad enough to be cut. I don't think there's any kind of rape in it. That's usually what seems to get censors in the UK raging. They also have "I Spit on Your Grave" déjà vu, which was a two and a half hour movie that came out a couple of years ago, and I had heard is one of the worst movies ever made. It's meant to be as if you just took out your phone and recorded it with your mates. Now that level of shit, and it's supposed to be a legitimate sequel because it's the real director, Meyer Zachary. I think his name is Archie. Um. Him and your one from the original movie. Back together. Like we're going to do another sequel. It's going to be deadly. Meant to be fucking terrible. But. Kaleidoscope Entertainment. Not one I've heard of. But it's a fucking really nice box set. If you're a fan of the Ice Pit and your great movies. It's a must buy. Although no. I actually can't. I can't recommend it yet. Because I don't know if it's uncut. Because what is the point. Of buying a movie. If it's fucking cut. You have to be a fucking moron to do it. Because. Like why would they release why would they go through this effort to do a beautiful special edition with a hard box savage digibook pullout fucking booklets loads of extras posters postcards do all that fucking boutique label savage shit and then go well here's an incomplete version of the movie while we're at it it's like what is the point why would anyone buy that and it's annoying when you see a nice box set that comes out. But it has cut movies in it. There was a version. I nearly bought it. This before I gave it a rewatch. And decided I actually still don't really like it. Uh, of I Spit In Your Grave. And. Maybe it was one on one films. No I don't think it was them. It was some group on. It came out years ago. On, on Amazon I saw it. it. had a slip box and everything. Savage artwork. Posters. The original artwork. I oh, thought fucking hell. That's only like seven or eight quid. I might get it. And it was like. Oh yeah the movies still cut. It's like. Why do I want it then? I mean I don't really want it anyway, but why would I want a cut version of this? Why would they release a cut version of this? It's 2020. And I know I hate people who just say it's current year, but usually they're doing that for some bullshit reason. But it's 2020, like you're still cutting movies, you're still not releasing movies in their entirety. These movies should be allowed be released in their full entirety for people to watch and enjoy, and if they like it, fine, if they don't, fine. Like, like, look at fucking cannibal Holocaust. They released a Blu-ray that came out. I think Shameless actually did the Blu-ray, and I nearly bought it. Um, but it's a cut version of the film, uh, which for animal lovers is probably the better one to enjoy, because obviously the original one has a lot of fucking just wild animals being killed. Because cannibal movies from Italy decided to do that a lot. They were just like, we're in the jungle. We need to kind of have to make this movie controversial. There's a fucking porcupine fucking walking around let's just throw a fucking spear through it so they did all that kind of shit and uh but in a way as disgusting as that is it kind of adds to the the realism of it because the whole movie feels found footage it's it's grim and i totally understand people not wanting to see it but what they should do is release that version over here as a special edition and you can have you can choose between the original uncut version if you prefer that or the version that um that Ruggiero D- Digo Dato, whoever his name is edited himself so that it removed all that stuff and still kept the integrity of the movie give people the option that's all you need to do so I'm, I'm eager to see what this Kaleidoscope Entertainment does if they've managed to release the complete uncut versions of all these movies together in a box set I would have I'd tip my fucking hat to them still wouldn't buy the box set because I can't be fucked with it but I would absolutely tip my hat to them and say... Fair play, you've actually... You've gone above and beyond and you've released these movies... Properly the way they're intended to be seen. Other labels need to fucking take note of that. It it, it just frustrates me to no end... When they do that to movies. um, Particularly those ones where... like It's not even that it includes animals being killed. It, it's, it's simulated, though horrible, rape scenes. And it's like... I mean, it is the crux of the movie. It's what the movie's about. It's a revenge movie. You need to you need to see why this person wants the most bloody fucking revenge They why they want to spit on said rapist's grave so I think it's important to keep these things in there and I think I might have spoken about this before how I think like, people would often say that it should never be a plot device I'm like well it should, anything should be a plot device because that's how plots work, it's a story and I think to, to put barricades up and prevent people from being able to tell whatever story they fucking want is ludicrous and speaking of which um it's probably good that i get a bit of social pressure with this as well i find social pressure can help in certain situations uh though i'm not going to give any detail or it was about but i'm currently working on a novel um because i've had a lot of ideas and i started listening to audiobooks again uh i listened to an audiobook a few years ago of american psycho and i kind of was skipping through it purely because the guy reading it sounded like he was about 40 he, had a, he sounded like um, god I'm not going to remember this cunt's name now he's in fucking Total Recall and he does the voice of Sam Fisher don't know why I can't think of his fucking name he's in Scanners as well why is he not coming to me it, it'll come to me in a minute but he it sounded like him he's got a really distinct deep kind of cool voice but like American Psycho he's meant to be in his like mid to late 20s like it, it doesn't work it just sounds wrong uh so i eventually found the pablo schreiber version actually what happened first was i was just chatting to one of the lads about american Psycho. i was like Geez, i haven't read that in a fucking good while and i was just kind of reading up little bits like bits and pieces about it i was like i remember it was controversial then i found a thread on reddit and it was like what's the most fucked up book you've ever read now one popped up that i've been meaning to read for years called blood meridian by comic mccarthy and I'm actually listening to an audiobook of that as well but fucking hell like you'd need to actually be in a blank room listening to it because there's so much detail and so few words you just miss bits and pieces it's, it's a hard one to kind of because I would do it while I'm walking travelling or in work but it's a hard one to focus on because it's so it's actually it, this makes me sound it's actually too intelligent for me because just the grasp of English that he has is so strong that I'm like he, he, he's so well spoken with how all this is written or well written I don't know the way to put it but I just feel like oh man I just feel stupid hearing it because I'm just like I would be so much more basic if I was writing that myself but he's so creative and smart with how he writes his stuff that I'm just like fucking hell my head's melted. but my point is i uh, there's these things about fucked up um, novels and one of them mentioned Guts by Chuck Palnyuk who wrote Fight Club and I was like everyone's saying like oh man I can only get five minutes in and or like a few pages. I'm like what? This this sounds so interesting. So I actually found an audiobook Of Guts. On YouTube. It's only 20 minutes long. It's a short story he sent into Playboy. Which they printed. I don't know how they printed this story. Um, But. The guy reading it kind of sounds like Charlie Sheen. Which I was a bit like annoyed with. But it kind of works for what the story is. Because it's such a sleazeball story. But the story just goes so fucking. Like you, you do not expect where this story is going to go. And it just keeps going more and more fucked up. And I was riveted listening to it i was also laughing like a maniac on the train in the work listening to it because it's so fucked up i was like man this this just put me in the mood to want to fucking write some crazy similar stories then as i said i found the pablo schreiber version of american psycho where he had a perfect voice for it. he reads it brilliantly i ended up listening to the whole 16 hours of it in work uh, over a few days and it's just re-listening to that story it's just phenomenal it's such a fucking great book but I got a bug. Then I got a bug thinking to myself. Like I really would love to fucking write a novel because there's so many ideas and short stories that I've I've put into little screenplays for college and things like that and little ideas, but they're not really fleshed out. I think with a novel, I could come up with something really. Uh, I want to do something that make people go, "Oh, for fuck's sake! This is insane!" That that's that's kind of my goal. So that's about as much as I want to give away on that. And I'm not gonna have any date or time separate i'm not going to say oh yeah it's going to be out by christmas because i'm not pressuring myself in that way i want to write this naturally and make it as good as i possibly can but not feel pressured to be like i don't want to fucking movie studios leaning over me saying oh we need this done by now and cutting corners i want to write it the way i want to write it. so that's um that's more stuff that's popped over the last while since i done my last episode because i've done well i won't say i've done much i've watched a lot of shit and a lot of stuff has happened in the industry by the way cinemas are open again did not expect that they weren't supposed to open for a while but they were actually they, they've opened sooner so the lighthouse is open and i think World's open again what they're doing is obviously something i is a dream for me because they're showing loads of classic movies in the cinema that you'd love to see but i'm not sure i'm at arse going because i don't like the setup i don't like the idea that cinemas are opening already i think they've kind of rushed all this stuff tenet obviously was postponed and then suspended indefinitely and now it's coming out the end of this month so a lot is changing with the whole industry like stuff's coming out a lot sooner than i expected and they're, they're rolling this stuff out but i don't know i think i think they're better off waiting a few things top gun a quiet place 2 um shit what else i remember seeing something else but all these movies have now moved to uh, may 21st next year so they're not taking any risk they're not going to go right we want this in the cinema now they're going to go we're going to wait until this is like cinemas are at least somewhat back to normal um tenet is essentially the experiment because obviously i'm dying to see it and i want to see it in the big screen but that's the one that's going to test how well a big movie is going to do in the current climate with coronavirus making a fucking hands of everything um but I really don't know I, I, I want to see it in the cinema but I don't want to go to the cinema so it's it's a very it's a double edged sword at the moment um, and it's hard to know where it's all going to go because I mean if there, if there's a fucking second lockdown that's going to just blow up the whole cinema thing again they're going to just be closed again <sighs> like this coronavirus really is it's fucking with things and I, what I found kind of funny is when you think about it I'm sure a lot of us could have had worse years in our lives personally but I think this is technically the worst year of everyone's life who is alive now. Unless you're in like World War II or something. But we have never, ever experienced anything like this. And I think all the little details are coming out now. The, the initial thing was everything's locked down, we can't go anywhere. But now we're seeing how it's affecting all these industries and businesses. Lots of In America there's no longer going to be any TV shows or movies produced until there is a vaccine. Which I fully agree with. Lovely to catch up on stuff now, and hopefully, stuff that's currently in the editing process will still be finished, though. I don't think they should stop doing that. Editing can be done socially distant and it's possible to do, uh, unless you need pickups, which you're kind of fucked with then. But if they're going to just postpone actually making movies for a while, that's great because it means you're not going to sacrifice the quality of the movie. That is a big issue I have. Where if studios are trying to roll out fucking movies really quickly, like, oh, we need to get a bunch of movies done. Let's just make them. We can socially distance with this. And we can do these scenes differently. Because we have to social distance. Nah. Fuck all that. I don't want any of that bullshit. I want the movie to be made. Correctly. The way it's supposed to be. And. If it means. Taking a year off. And no movie's being made for a while. I'm all for it. I still hope the likes of Brian Cox. And all are around. To make these fucking things. But. I don't want people. Sacrificing the quality. Just for the sake of having something to release. There is. Literally endless amount of content out there we actually don't need anything new the movie industry could stop for five years and still thrive on just the amount of available content that people might actually then deep dive into because obviously there's millions of hidden gems there's lots of old great movies that appear on these streaming services that people avoid like i said anyone who says there's nothing to watch on netflix is probably some level of fucking moronic and stupid and just does not deserve to have a real opinion because like they're the same people who scroll by something and they t- you could see De Niro pop up and they just keep scrolling by. It's like, oh, I haven't heard of it. It's like, yeah, but if Raging Bull is there, fucking put it on. Like you don't don't just avoid these things because it's not new, you haven't heard of it, it doesn't have fucking Chris hemsworth Take a chance on these movies. And I'll tell you what, this is one of those fucking things that annoys me is when they'd watch something that's old, like an amazing old movie. I go, it's actually pretty good. Like As if like it was supposed to be terrible. What, movies just didn't get good until 10 years ago? Get your fucking head out of your hole. Go back and watch these movies. There's millions there. You can easily stop the industry. Don't force out bad movies for the sake of filling quotas. Get more fucking good movies out there that people haven't seen. And bring attention to them. We will literally never, ever be bored. Like, if you're a person who now because some people have different brains they 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 prefer going out and being active and doing things and being more creative with art and whatever the fuck that's fine but if you're a person who enjoys to watch stuff you by law cannot be bored you just can't because there's infinite content on netflix disney plus now tv hulu apple amazon prime Shudder, all of that stuff and when you get to the end of all that or by the time you get to the end of all that, they've already restocked and they put more in. Movie as well, they've a new movie every fucking day on there. Blu-rays, infinite amount of them. If you if you're not even gonna upgrade and spend the extra few quid on the Blu-ray, go to any charity shop. Any charity shop, you'll find hundreds of DVDs there that are going for a quid, probably three for a quid. And that's where I get lucky sometimes. I find the odd Blu-ray. Someone who fucking brings stuff in there. And mean as it sounds, I'm still hoping some avid collector just dies and his family don't know how much it's all worth, and they go, "Ah, fucking the charity shop." The same day I go down and get a whole treasure trove of fucking Criterion. I didn't think I would get, like, you never know what you find in a charity shop. You find gems, but if I was still buying DVDs, fucking hell, I would clear the place out. You go in there, you find stuff that I really want to get on Blu-ray that I've seen on DVD, and they're like, "Ah, oh, it's only a quid." Lay them extras, savage special edition, and all. I just want the Blu-ray of it, but this is the perfect time to get all this shit you've an infinite supply of content so don't rush movies for fuck's sake and I think there's a documentary that I'd recommend I don't know if I've actually forgotten to finish any fucking tangents I've gone on and that this far as my brain is absolute jam because I've been up fucking late um, but there's a documentary called Easy Riders Raging Bulls and it's based on this book that was about the change in Hollywood and the documentary is basically just a condensed version of the book and it's fucking brilliant i was bent into this documentary and i actually'd love to watch it again so i watched it in college and to be honest i almost wish you retained a bit more of what you'd saw in college because you're were, you were really just thrown in the deep end in terms of trying to learn like what would be the word trying to learn all the different types of movies all the different methods of making them And all of the different movements with movies. Trying to learn all that at once, while it's amazing, is like you you take bits and pieces from each, and I'd love to actually reinvestigate all that stuff that I've learned. Um because I I mean I think it'd be great to fucking know all that stuff further inside out. But this documentary is based on um it's based on a book, and the whole idea was that it talks about how in sixty eight, around that time, with Easy Rider in particular, the whole world of movies changed and it did because movies like that never existed and especially when you think and once Upon a time in hollywood was a great example of this um because it talks about 69 and just after the the murder of sharon tate how misanthropic and bleak movies got for a while because it was just a, the, the whole fun love of the 60s had just died with her and obviously the 70s made for some of the best fucking movies ever but the whole idea is with Easy Rider and all these movies, the way movies were made, the way stories were told, the content that was on display, fearlessly, because the 60s was very clean in that sense, this movie is like, we're going to have full nudity, loads of drugs and violence and swearing. And it was maverick movie makers who were then coming out with all these fucking movies that no one had the balls to make. And I, that's why I think between 68 and around 83 uh, is the peak of cinema. Uh, as much as i love the 80s as much as i love all the other decades i love the fucking especially the L Lab movies I still i still plan on doing an owl special i'm gonna like pick my favorite owl movies and just talk about them uh which by the way i watched key largo recently it's oh, so fucking good but the whole point is that the movies that came out in this time is because the movement changed in the 60s so there was a lot more experimental and i mean that in a good way the 70s then just had fearlessness A fearlessness that it wasn't seen again until the 90s and it still hasn't been seen since. In movies where you had, particularly crime movies and cop movies, where they really explored the stuff that you would never be allowed explore before, whether it be the crimes or the mindsets of these kind of characters. It was a movie that would show you, actually, no, these cops are fucking bad people. And it was just fascinating. And An easy writer's raging Buzz, just talks about that and how the kind of codes for movies that they had throughout the fucking 50s and 60s where you couldn't show these certain scenes you couldn't imply this they talk about I think they talk about Spartacus in a, how there's implication because that's about as far as you could get away with it in Spartacus of homosexuality because that was rampant throughout these kind of periods in history but movies like the whole idea was like, no one wants to see gay people on screen don't, don't fucking have any of that and there's a moment in Spartacus, I think they're talking about oysters or something. It's, it's There's a lot of innuendo and a lot of what are they really talking about here. And it was a ballsy move at the time. But had they gone any further than that, then the movie would never see this in the light of day. But in the late 60s, they were just like, let's have characters say cunt. Let's have gay characters on screen, gay sex on screen. Like, they were allowed to do anything they wanted. It was fearless. Let's show violence in full drugs in full that show the dingiest shitty parts of the world and of America in full fearlessly and the thing is studios loved all this shit this wasn't a case of like these were just maverick movie makers who were independently doing this that seeped into the mainstream so mainstream movies look at Dirty Harry and stuff like that wanted to have the same grit that these movies had that had no fear and for a while mainstream movies were these kind of movies The Godfather and stuff like that Nowadays mainstream movies is very clean. Cookie cutter. Very expensive. So. Like I think the, the 200 million dollar movie is dead. They are not going to risk. Putting 200 million dollars into a movie. If they can't pack out movie theatres. And they can't anymore. Cinemas are fucked. At least for a while. But I don't think they're going to take that risk anymore. I think they're going to go back to the times of. Let's give the creative control to the little guy. We're going to make. 201 million dollar movies and just throw them out there and see what happens because we can throw these online we don't have to fucking pay anyone for advertising anymore we can do it all ourselves and we can release it online on Netflix or our own streaming service and we will recoup the losses and I think I think it's going to give a lot more control back to the people because like I said the industry and the studio controlled everything in the 60s and then that was then handed back to the people to be able to do whatever they wanted the maverick filmmakers to do all the grit and then as i said they became the mainstream so if there's any positivity to come out of all of this shit with coronavirus i think it's that we have a chance at a new resurgence for movies that is very much needed because realistically and like i said now this i I say this as a big fan of the marvel stuff and a, a lot of mainstream stuff there is too much emphasis on mediocrity now i'll be the first to say i love infinity war and endgame and things like that that are really high quality good blockbuster entertainment but in general a lot of these movies that come out from different studios and whatever they're very middling and i think that suits them because they're good enough that people will go to see them in the cinema but they don't have to really work too hard with making them really compelling stories they just need to be able to translate to china that's all that is really they just need to be able to sell this movie in china because they're the second biggest fucking uh box office that they have to deal with so if they make a mediocre movie it means it's not shit enough that it's going to get slated by the critics uh they don't have to put enough effort into it to make it absolutely jaw-dropping they can make it decent enough that it's people will go eh, that was fine And it'll make a lot of money everywhere. Look at something like Skyscraper. Skyscraper made a fortune in the cinema. And it's as mediocre as you can get. There's some very entertaining scenes. I enjoyed it. But it's not great. And it's not amazing. Yet it makes millions. And you look at Uncut Gems. Which is amazing. And thrilling. And original. And yeah. It did well. Snubbed at the Oscars did well at the independent spirit awards because that's where the, that that's the real that's the real fucking oscars that's the one that matters if you go i think i talked about this when i went on about the oscars in the two-part special but like if ever there was an award show that really mattered it's the independent spirit awards because there's a it's it's the real awards all the other ones pale in comparison the independent spirit awards is where it feels like there's not licking each other's arses patting each other on the back saying we're the best industry and we need to do this and that they're just like we made some class movies we love doing it i hope we can all work together and at that same very award show Nicolas cage and the safty brothers handshake that you can hear in the audio Nicolas cage saying i'd love to work with you if he works with the safty brothers i may die because that would be the best information i could receive but i'm gonna wrap this up now because i'm actually so tired but i hope you enjoyed it i did get to talk about a lot of things I mostly wanted to talk about the fact that i bought so many movies on the tv i'm running out of space i need new shelves my arrow shelf at the top is officially completely full with movies um so i have the exact amount of arrow movies to fill it up although i think i've got one over so i need to squeeze one in but i do need a new shelf i need it i don't know what i'm gonna do because i'm just looking around my room the way i have it set up is perfect for the space like it it looks most aesthetically right and i can fit everything i need in here but i don't like having movies in front of each other on a shelf i like everything being on display so if i could have a a third shelf i could actually fill it to the brim with uh with all these movies and i'd probably need another one after that as well there's just too many but um yeah i mostly want to talk about the tv uh where i've been i do plan on doing another one sooner and i'm probably going to do a little bit more deep diving into what's actually coming out and a bit more in the industry because like i said i've kind of been blank with it which has been satisfying because i've I've had an overload of just fucking crap on the internet and that's the problem with facebook and things like that is that i could find all this amazing information about movies that i'd love to talk about but to get there i have to trawl through a lot of fucking nonsense i don't give one single stinking shit about so if um if i can do without seeing all that i'm much happier Uh, but i will i will i want to actually break down a lot of the stuff i got i'll do a full episode pretty much dedicated to just the amount of movies i got uh some i've watched some i still haven't seen well actually i'd say 90 percent of them are movies that are blind buys that i've just had recommended me all the goddard burnell melville and truffeaux stuff i've not seen any of them so that's going to be glorious to fucking crack into uh almost every movie i got was an L lab movie too (laughs) so that'll be more interesting but i will have a lot more to talk about next time i want to talk about stuff i've seen as well I, obviously the brief review of kingdom there and um succession but there'll be more to come so do keep your eyes and ears peeled <sighs> it's good to to do this again but i picked a bad day to do it when i'm so fucking tired i feel hung over even though i didn't drink so that's uh that's an impressive that's an impressive state to be in either that or extremely medically worrying but either way i hope you enjoy the episode. enjoyed You're all absolute cunts, and goodbye.